0: Trey, 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 Trey. City, I'm a new score. Broke your scores, score I step through the door. Try to stab my paper up like a bookstore. Money kissing knees, turn the like a rock and roll tour. When I come to your city, I'm a new score. Broke your high score I step through the door. Try to stab my paper up like a bookstore. Money kissing knees, turn the like a rock and roll.
1: hey piet
0: what's going on welcome to the new score podcast my name is pat this is my co-host tyg tyler pratt tyler how we be doing
1: oh who we be doing we be doing today on a we actually got a really nice day out here in syracuse so um can't complain it's still cold as fuck but can't complain um I just ate a bowl of uh, chili. Uh, so if I let one, you know, squeak, then <laughs> my bad. My bad.
0: Your stomach's going to be rumbling here pretty soon. Yeah,
1: yeah, You're, you're probably going to pick it up. It's going to make me.
0: Yeah. But anyways. Thank you all for listening. If you are on YouTube right it's... now, don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, get at us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you very much for the support. Tyler, today we got our week 14 NFL recap. Can't yeah. believe it. Can't believe we're already going into week 15. Um, crazy, crazy to think about. We're also going to talk some MLB. Uh, Shohei Hotani is a Dodger. Juan Soto is a New York Yankee. get into that pretty soon we have some apologies that we want to dish out for previous takes that we had we're gonna we're gonna get in front of that tower takes a man to admit when he was wrong and today we're gonna do that accountability speaking of wrong we got heel of the week oh coming up very shortly Mm -hmm. heal the week And then after that, we are going to get into our full NFL recap of week 14. Go through these gimes. So, uh, Tyra, let's talk about that. Juan Soto to the Yankees, Shohei Ohtani to the Dodgers. The rich just keep getting richer, it seems, in baseball. Not only that, but Ohtani's cap hit is only going to be $2 million. $2 million for 10 years and they're backloading the rest of it. I think it's like 680 mil. It's a $700 million contract folks. If you're not tracking that and he's getting paid like the 680 mil in the last season. And he actually came up with that. So, I mean, props to him for being that type of dude and he just wants to win. I respect that Uh, because he could be getting paid so much money, but he's, more concerned with winning just sucks that it has to be the Dodgers. Cause they're, I don't know now that they're only paying him two mil, getting Otani with what they already have. Now they can go out and spend, you know, so much more money now because of that. Juan Soto to the Yankees, something I feel like that it's just been building up over the years. It was going to happen. Eventually we're just waiting for it. And this was an opportunity mm-hmm. after his time in, san diego has just been a fluke once again the rich get richer he's gonna be yankee but what are your thoughts on
1: all that if i could have a heel of the week and just have it be the mlb structure around contracts and essentially no cap it would be them they're getting otani for free 2 million dollars in the MLB is literally like 200 bucks to us. Maybe even less. Like that 2 million is literally free. They they like do you have minor league players making 2 million dollars? So um oh look at that. Oh look at that. Like in yeah. right down at the bottom. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> uh crazy. Either way, that's huge for the Dodgers. Otani, I mean, We obviously, um, as Cardinals fans, we just don't want anybody going to the Cubs. And then second, we kind of mutually have not a hate for the Dodgers, but just like we don't want them to get anybody good either because they always do. And then the Yankees are like third, Red Sox, fourth or fifth. But this sucks. This sucks for the National League because the Dodgers are going to be stacked once again. And now that they have Otani, who's the pitcher? Mamamoto Mamma Mia? They go after that guy. So now that they have Otani, they got a better shot at doing it. So, um, yeah, I mean, just a crazy trade. Yankees getting Soto's cool. But like you said, we knew that was coming. Uh, but waiting for the Cardinals to make a fucking move now. We need somebody. We need we need somebody in the lineup. We traded Tyler O'Neill for fucking peanuts. So I digress. Different story for another day.
0: We're just gonna sign another thirty-five-year-old pitcher I'll all be the world. Can we sign three of them. <laughs> but uh, let's get into these apologies that I was referring to earlier, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Go got, got some got some things I'd like to get off my chest. A Little <laughs> venting session here. First of all, I want to apologize to LeBron James, Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers tower. Oh, because they completely bullied the Pacers Saturday. Like Pacers were hanging with them all game, but the Lakers were ever it was never a doubt that they were going to win that game and they weren't even shooting. I think they ended up with like one or maybe two, three pointers that whole game. So everything was just That's in crazy. the paint, dominating. I mean, Anthony Davis finishes up finishes off with 41 points, 20 boards, and on the defensive end was incredible. He was just a monster. And then LeBron pours in um, what he pours in. He, another great game for him. And it's insane, dude. He's going to be 30. Anybody that knows me, any of my any of my boys or anything knows that I'm not. A LeBron James fan, not a LeBron James guy mm-hmm. at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you can't help but respect what you're seeing out there right now. And for him to be going, he's going to be 39 years old and he's averaging 25, 7, and 6 right now. Uh, field goal percentage is 55. What, and he's still playing, you know, 30, 35 minutes a game to be doing that at that age. And Crazy. be that productive and like they need them too. That's the thing. like the Lakers can't go without They need them. So shout out to LeBron, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers. I have my opinions on the both of them, but there's no question about it. if If you we were just talking ball, if we we're just talking one game out on the court, those two that like motivated to win. That's scary. That's scary for the league, uh, seeing them to still be able to look that good. And, again, like for them not even to shoot the ball that whole game, it was just all in the paint, just total domination. But anything you want to take away from that?
1: Yeah, actually, the first thing that came to mind when you said LeBron and Anthony Davis was this dream I had last night. (laughs) I was playing basketball with them in, like, this fucking – really run down dark gym and all i could see was the hoop right next to me and maybe half court and i don't know why but i kicked the basketball um for a turnover of course and they both looked at me lebron and ad and i was like "Mm, mm, my bad (laughs) and in my head i'm like i'm costing these guys their in-season tournament money (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, oh man
1: so i just fucking kicked the basketball out into the abyss looked at him as the, and i said my, my bad guys and um and then i got I woken up James were that cool no and then i'm gonna explain why i got woken up here um soon but uh yeah to touch on what lebron's doing is obviously it's just incredible there's no other way to put it anthony davis on the other hand um I was going to put in a bet for this the other night and i saw anthony davis and for rebounds it was over under 13 and a half i was like mm. i know he's gotten like over that the last four or five games there's going to be a high volume of shots i didn't do it stupid why didn't i do it it's averaging 15 boards a game, game over shots. the last five games and then the Pacers are gunned. They're fucking trigger. They're trigger happy. They're just shooting the ball. I'm, I'm like, it's going to be tough D. Not a lot. The field goal percentage is going to be down. It's just a stupid pass. So that's that's all I remember from that. But yeah, the Lakers were playing bully ball. Like, name the last time a team won and dominated. I don't want to say dominated, but pretty much dominated the whole game. And only, like, made two threes. Pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, But let's
0: move on to my next apology, and that is we made some jokes about Tommy slash Danny DeVito in the past. Um, And I know you and I talked about it. It was like, dude, this hype is just OD right now. This Tommy DeVito hype. We're like, what is going on? Hey, I got to give it up. I got to give it up to him. Pulls off a win last night uh, against Green Bay home Monday night. And that team really likes to play with Tommy DeVito. And I can tell Dable likes him, and obviously the fans love him. There's just a, a certain energy that this dude brings, and he's taking care of the football now. I think since the second half of that Dallas game, because it was a bad first half, I think from that the second half of that game on to this point for Tommy DeVito, we've seen a different guy. Uh-huh. Um And he's he's taking care of the football, and he's getting it done in the run game. He's got hit 70 yards rushing last night. He's an athlete. He's pretty elusive back there in the pocket, and he could scramble around. And he's giving the team energy. He's giving the team life. So shout out to Tommy DeVito. Apology number two. Next, I want to apologize to the Chicago Bears for the Montez sweat trade. Roasted them after for giving up a second-round pick. Thought that was too much. Um, They they ended up having to sign him after, but they got the deal done right away. So, I mean, Tyler, I want to share this with you. Since the Montez sweat trade, the Chicago Bears defense is ninth in points per game allowed, fifth in total yards allowed, fifth in total passing yards allowed, and second in takeaways. Weeks one through eight before the sweat trade, they had 10 sacks. Um, after the sweat trade, in five weeks, they've had 11 sacks. So, uh, so. Todd reached out to us about this um, mm-hmm. because it's, like he said, it's just been a ripple effect throughout yeah. th- that whole defense. The whole defense is playing better. Uh, we're going to get into that game in a little bit. Some other guys on that defense that have stepped up, but he you got to give it up to Ryan Poles for – for that move and they're going to have some interesting decisions to make going forward but we'll get into we have plenty of time to talk about that anything you want to say about
1: that yeah no I mean you don't see that you like very often at all you don't see um, you know a player get traded to a team and then you know that changes either the culture or has that ripple effect to to just completely turn that unit around whether it's offense or defense like you just don't you don't typically see that. So that's, um you know, it's paying off really well for the Bears now. And obviously they signed him to that that extension. So it's going to, you know, hopefully continue to pay off for them over time. And that second round pick people are just going to forget about because Sweat's the guy. He's, he's, he's their man right now and he's playing really well. So great trade for, for Chicago after the fact. Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> Next apology I want to get
0: off my chest is Tyra last episode we had to stay or fold and I said I was gonna fold on Flacco as the starting quarterback for the Browns and I think that was a mistake based off what I saw him do at last last mm-hmm. game just now against the Jags. They look like a better offense with him in there. Like yeah. he's there, there's just more there's more opportunities downfield now with Joe Flacco in there. He's still got the arm. Um, he's mm-hmm. not as mobile, obviously, but they got a really good offensive line. And Stefanski's a great offensive mind in this league. He's going to set Flacco up for success. So I like what the Browns can do with Flacco. I also said they weren't going to make the playoffs. I think they might make the playoffs, star. The way that defense looks at times, and now you yeah. throw in – dude, Flacco – Their offense looks better with him than they did with Deshaun. Like, they got to clean up these turnovers, obviously. Right. But besides that, overall, I think their offense looks more explosive now than what it did with Deshaun for when he was in there. We just had so many of these games where the offense just wasn't doing anything. But that's my next one. I want to cap it off. I'll let you touch on that if you want to. I just want to cap it off with my last apology is to Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Who think I thought he w- it was just a – it was the product of a really good roster, a really good team. But you could tell, like, McCarthy has done something with that team. There's just a different – it's just a different feeling in Dallas than it usually is. Mm-hmm. So many times in my life I've gone through this where people are overhyping the Cowboys and you hear about it and it's like, oh, a Super Bowl or bust for the Cowboys, da da Like, I've heard it so much in my life that I've kind of just – became numb to it, didn't think anything of it. But I was thinking after that Eagles game, it I was just in my head, was thinking like this feel – it just feels different right now. It feels like a different Dallas Cowboys football team right now. So credit to Mike McCarthy. They're playing – I mean, the only team that's playing better football than them right now is is the Niners. And so I really want to see those two teams play again. But what McCarthy has done for Dallas, uh, in in specifically Dak Prescott. Yeah. Like Dak looks like a way better quarterback with McCarthy in control than when he did with Kellen Moore. So that's something to think about because we thought it was going to be a downgrade earlier in the season. If you would have asked me, and this is part of the apology, earlier in the season, if you would have asked me, I would have said, Oh, their offense can be worse without Kellen Moore and now McCarthy in control of it. Yeah. But I was dead wrong because this offense is explosive. They're clicking, and this is the best I've ever seen from Dak Prescott. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, my, my apology goes out to Kellen I'm sorry you can't be along for the ride, brother. You're stuck in L.A. with fucking Staley. And now you got, uh, who was it, East, Easton Stick? I mean, what are, the, were the parents just like, uh, what, what what was the old was it Fan Bay? What was that um, old? Remember East the bay? magazines East, East bay. bay, East Bay. Yeah, I mean maybe they were just like big baseball fans, and they were huge Easton, Easton Stealth, Easton this, Easton stick, huh? Either way,
0: basketball stickers from their rear.
1: Oh yeah, cleats, travel cleats for ball. Yeah, always. But um, yeah, Flacco. Doing great. I think that's just going to continue to get better. The dude came off the couch four weeks ago. And, um, yeah, McCarthy, he's got this offense really rolling. Um, I just think there's a lot of good veteran leadership. And, yeah, uh, you're kind of starting to see the whole offense gel together, the defense gel. Like, it, So they got a good thing going right now. But, yeah, hats off to McCarthy. He's done a really good job first year taking over the play calling. Um, and you know they got Brian shot as their OC, so you know kind of a vacant position there. Just kidding, Brian. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. He stinks. I'm joking. <laughs> he's 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 kind of just not not there. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, my only apology goes out to Kellen Moore. Sorry, brother. But you get to enjoy the weather at least,
0: right? It's a lot colder in Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Ty, let's move on
1: to our Heel of the Week segment. Yeah, so my uh, – as we touched earlier, I kind of had a couple things I wanted to talk about. One being the baseball, the contract for the Otani, because it's just the way that that works out, where you can backload $680 million out of 700 So, I mean – Regardless of the, the the total amount, we got to look at the percentage of it. So we're well over 90% of that contract being backloaded 10 years down the road so the Dodgers can just load up, load up, load up, load up now, front load contracts, save them in that three to five-year range to do it again until Otani's money comes around. And then at that point, who knows, they're probably going to have some clause in the contract where it's all like fully guaranteed and they can just buy them out right there and then you know that's one the other one circling back to to my dream I have a plaque up on my wall and as that dream was going all of a sudden I'm sleeping and next thing I know and I'm like
0: what the fuck?"
1: plaque laying on my face and then I just lay my head back down and I'm like I gotta get this fucking thing off my face so then I take it off and I'm just looking up so my heel of the week let me show you the plaque actually so <laughs> uh, my heel of the week goes out to um, what is it J- Not jelly sub maybe or fucking who, the, the sticks on the wall either way look at this plaque Look at that Dirk! Ooh, how'd it feel? Mint, mint. It felt like Dirk was. No, never mind. I can't. That's, that's not going anywhere. Good. <laughs> so, um, I apologize for this chair. Another heel of the week. Whoever manufactured this chair, dude, it's fucking squeaky as fuck. Every, oh, I have to mute myself all episode just because I can't hear this thing. Going-
0: you know what I mean. All right, my heel of the week goes out to the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Poor guy. Let's let's talk about it.
1: Let's go. I I would have done the same thing he did. Would you? I would've, I would have I would have went right after the refs. Fuck yeah. I would have been like, you're going to call that shit right now? You motherfucker. I'm out here busting my ass. We're working our ass off. You're going to make that call at this point in the game? That's bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, no. He
0: it was off He was off He was clearly off clearly Clearly. Have to make that call. Rules are the rules. How many times in Mahomes' career have we seen him get bailed out by calls? Like the refs. There's multiple occasions of the Chiefs over these – past few years getting the benefit of the doubt when it comes to officiating there's just I remember a Jets game earlier this year where mm-hmm. the Jets very well could have won I remember uh at the time I wasn't banned on Twitter so I remember tweeting about it and I was like bro is anybody else watching this I remember there was like a clear hold when Mahomes was just hanging out in the pocket for like an eternity clear hold and they never called a flag uh so it is what it is. He was offsides. And for Mahomes to react like that on national TV, when you have all of these, all of these little kids across the world that look up to you, for you to act like that is a joke, in my opinion. It's a fucking joke. To be mad at the call, it, whether you're mad at it or not, you don't. You don't carry that onto the field with you when you're going to shake hands with the other, in this case, the other quarterback, Josh Allen. I went back that 13-second game when the Bills lost in the playoffs. Mind you, this was a regular season game that Mahomes lost reacting like this. Regular season game. Let's go back to when Josh Allen lost and they were done for the season, that 13 seconds left, and then he doesn't get even get a chance in overtime. It gives Mahomes a hug after that because that's what you do man that's called sportsmanship that's called respect that's called appreciation for your opponent like at the end of the day you're out there playing a game and for you to carry that whole demeanor that whole cry baby shit, that spoiled little brat attitude onto the field when you're going to shake hands and then to not even be like good game bro we'll see you again Just couldn't drop it for two seconds. You have to bring that up to Josh in that moment and say it's fucking bullshit, whatever it is. Just no class whatsoever. Didn't see Mahomes as the type of dude to react like this. Whether he's frustrated or not from his receivers are a big problem and a big part of that reason. It's not the ref's fault. It's not your opponent's fault. So be a man, show some class, show some dignity and some respect. Show some respect for all those people in America that look up to you as an athlete. It's pathetic to me to react like that. And then Andy Reid, on top of that, he's still going at it with, with, the, with the call. It's like, bro, you just won the Super Bowl last year on a play that was like – the definition of you can't make that call in that moment. You can't make that call in that moment. That Bradbury hold last year in the Super Bowl was the epitome of that quote. You can't make that call in that moment. That benefited you. You won a Super Bowl. Eagles didn't even get an opportunity after that because of it. So save it. Give me give me a break. It's pathetic. Heel of the week. Patrick
1: Mahomes. Patty. Brittany's rubbing off on him. For real.
0: Let's get into these NFL Week 14 games, tire. We're ripping. Let's, let's rip them away. Tampa Bay Bucks, Atlanta Falcons. Tampa Bay comes back, wins 29-25. The Bucks were up 19-10 at one point, second half. And then Atlanta stormed back. Drake London just started going off. What and then in mean? the end of the game, Baker marches him down the field. Baker's a dog. It was a game-winning touchdown pass to Kate Otten for the win. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay won that game, and Mike Evans got locked up. He had no catches in the first half. He ended up with one catch for eight yards, Tyler. One catch for eight Whoa. yards for Mike Evans, and this Bucs still put on 29 points and got a dub. Shout-out A.J. Terrell, but in the end – Tampa Bay gets it done they go down and make this NFC South division even just better. electric. It's absolutely electric. The NFC South is a quite dandy division right now to be honest with you. Every, every we got three teams at 6 and 7 with the Saints winning too, so yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a fun run down the stretch and maybe we'll get a Ooh. home playoff game right down the street from me here. So Ooh,
1: so three Three questions to piggyback off of this game, right? One, uh, is it safe to say that this is Baker's best year?
0: I think for what he's doing in the situation, I think, yeah.
1: Um, Two, um, what team do you trust the least out of those three to make a run? Whew. Trust the least. Trust the. I'd least. have
0: to. I'd have to say Atlanta because of Desmond Ritter.
1: That's fair. All right, and then which of those three teams do you see possibly trading up in the draft to get a quarterback?
0: Well, I think I think the Bucs could trade up because the Bucs have some pieces. But then again, the Saints could also trade up because they have pieces, and they're way over the cap. Like, they're going to have hell to pay here pretty soon. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be time for New Orleans to start unloading players. So whether they get a first for – they'd get a first for Lattimore. Uh, So maybe he's the guy. We're going to see a team like – the Bucs or the Saints trade up very well could be both. With the amount of quarterbacks that are going to go, as far as the Falcons, I still think Justin Fields is that's yeah that's a good landing spot for him.
1: And I opinion. thought I thought you said something about that too. And I'm pretty sure I heard, um, I heard some commentator say something along those lines. Whether it was the Falcons game or it was the Bears game, I, I they were talking about Fields possibly being the guy. That Atlanta goes after in the offseason the draft speaking of aside from the top three which we know is going to be Chicago New England and Arizona we have no like four through 12 is just completely wide open there are so many teams there's like a what three or four teams with four wins about the same amount with five and or, or they're all at six now like it just It's going to be a crazy run, too, to see who ends up with with the uh, draft positions. But either way, what do we got next? Before I get too
0: deep in this, I just want to recap our bets. We got our asses kicked, the 1 o'clock slate on Sunday. So I, I won the Bears, the Bucks, and that was it. I was on the wrong side of every other game. And then Tyler won the Bears, the Bucks, and the Browns. He took the Browns, so he got one more than I did. But it was a rough 1 o'clock slate. I did go perfect, Mm -hmm. though, for the 4 o'clock slate. But anyways, this is one of the games I got brutally wrong, and that is the Indianapolis Colts, Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. Bengals win 34-14, completely dominated this game, dude. If it wasn't for a pick six that the Colts had – this would have gotten so much uglier than it was. Um, I wrote down Jake Browning looks like a real NFL quarterback. And it I does, keep seeing I keep seeing all of this shit from like, oh, it's just the system is is maybe Burrow not that good because we're seeing it with Jake Browning. I'm just like oh my god.
1: Can't I'm can't so, be happy I'm, with a guy at the moment.
0: I'm so sick of I'm sick of it. Like these, some of these takes that people have go back and look, if you think it's a system thing, go back and look at Zach Taylor's record before they drafted Joe Burrow. Go back and look at
1: it. I mean, and it's there's like two sides. I feel like everyone, everyone always does this, right? Like, um, Dobbs comes into Minnesota and like has that incredible game where he just stepped in after the starter got hurt. And knowing maybe, you know, six total plays in the playbook, the dude takes the team, leads him to a win. I think he won the next week. Um, and everyone's like riding the Dobbs train, not really saying anything about Kirk Cousins, but but they're happy for Dobbs. But then you get a guy like Jake Browning come in, just doing his job. The dude didn't ask for Joe Burrow to get hurt. He just steps in, does what he needs to do, takes care of business, and people are hating on him. And just calling him a system quarterback, like people can't be happy for 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 Jake Browning in this moment, and I don't know why. Just how about how about we appreciate the fact that we get a backup quarterback that can actually win a game? Watch, we you can know? watch. Right, we can watch them. Like it's not just an absolute shit show of a game, like it is with uh, oh I don't know New England, which doesn't matter what <laughs> quarterback they have. So how about we just <laughs> they got to the win? Like come on. Stop hating on these guys. Just show Jake Browning some love. The dude's playing great right now, and I hope he continues Bill to do it. On. Billy. I got my Bill shirt on now that you speak of
0: it. <laughs> but Jake Browning, 18 for 24, 275 yards, two touchdowns, did have one pick, got sacked zero times. Passer rating ended up to be 122. Another thing I wrote down tire spreading the ball around he threw the ball to nine. I say again, he threw the ball to nine different receivers on Sunday. So spreading the wealth. It's not just Jamar Chase. Last week, it was it was all Jamar Chase dominating. This week, he he let everybody eat out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Colts, it was just one of those games. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know. They got to get back off, up off the mat, though.
1: If yeah, they want they're a making chance me... to
0: get in these playoffs.
1: Yeah, they're making me... Um look bad. I took them over I took them over Cincinnati and Buffalo to get in. They're making me look bad. Yeah. Fucking cold. My
0: Bills playoff pet looking rather juiced right now. I uh... took the Bills to make the playoffs last Wednesday at plus four hundred. And now I believe it's down to plus one hundred. But Chase Brown, another thing I wrote down to our backup running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Looks like a oh, weapon out there. Yeah, uh, They got the ball out to him in space on a on a little swing pass really in that game. And he took it to the house. Just looks very explosive um, mm-hmm. and, a, and a nice little compliment to Joe Mixon. So, Oh, yeah. Like let's get on to the game of the week ended up being, and that is the Los Angeles Rams and Baltimore Ravens. Ravens win it in overtime 37-31. What a game this was on the 1 o'clock slate. And Rams started off that game with nine straight runs, just ran it down Baltimore's throw, got into the red zone, and then they threw three straight incompletions all out of bounds. That was something that I did not like in the first drive because they were just got down there and they were pounding the rock and then they throw three incompletions after that. And it's like McVay sometimes will do that. It just makes me mad because you get, when you get the run game going, why not stick with it? Uh, For him to go nine straight times, though, that was pretty cool to see. All game, it was just back and forth between these two teams. Rams had two really bad blown coverages in that game. One likely got wide open, and then another, Odell, put a move on uh, Jordan Fuller. Jordan Fuller got cooked, and Odell was wide open for a touchdown Stafford answered, though. Stafford answered all day, kept the Rams in this game. He had a beautiful touchdown throw to Cooper Cup on third down when they were, I think it was third and goal from the 10. It was, and he was falling away and just, like, it, the, he threw it like this, and it was just yeah. perfect. Cup yeah. threw it right on Cup's break. Cup didn't even see it until he hit his break, and then, oh, the ball's there. Just a perfect dime by Stafford. This ended up being a battle of two supreme quarterbacks. It was Matthew Stafford versus Lamar Jackson. Matthew Stafford finished with 294 yards, three touchdowns. Lamar had 316 yards, three touchdowns, along with 11 carries for 70 yards. Lamar did some special things in that game um, in clutch moments, too, when there, our D-line was fighting for their lives to get him on the ground, and it was just like they couldn't do it. He's just so – he's so mobile, and he's so smart. And the whole time he's escaping, his eyes are always down the field, and he's still making these throws accurately too downfield. Just really special to see from Lamar right now. Yeah. talked about him plenty in the past and how we've thought he's just keeps taking these leaps as a passer and as a quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. So it was it was tough for the Rams, but, hey, they they hung with Baltimore. And those elements in Baltimore, that's like as Ravens football as it can be. Like yeah. that atmosphere, that environment that the Rams were in, being an L.A. team, going into that place, and they mm-hmm. hung with the Ravens the whole game. So I know there's no such thing as a moral victory, but for that team to do that yeah. – you would have told me at the beginning of the season we would have went into Baltimore and gave them a game like that, I would have said, you're crazy wrong. Mm -hmm. So, awesome to see. Guys stepping up. Davis Allen stepped up for Higby, our rookie tight end. We took in the fifth round out of Clemson. Looks like a beast in there. Um, Kyron Williams, dude. I haven't talked about Kyron Williams enough on this podcast. Another game where he goes mm -hmm. for over 100 yards. He's giving that offense like a whole – like their offense is built off that run game now. And yeah. it's it's making them so much better in the passing game because they can do that in the run game now. Kyrie Williams is a dog out there. He's very he's a very good running back. Took him as a took him uh, coming out of Notre Dame, and I did not have high expectations for him. Didn't see it much at college, and then he didn't play much at all his rookie year. He dealt with some injuries and. The shit that was going on with Cam Akers these last couple of years, I didn't understand where it was like, well, Akers isn't getting the ball and we start to feed this Williams kid. But now I know why. Now I know why Cam Akers is gone and Kyle Williams is the back because he's a yeah. real difference maker out there. It's a completely different offense with him out there on the field. So we'll see what happens with the Rams. The NFC is going to be very interesting down the stretch with these seven and six, six and seven teams. Yeah. They beat us with a punt return. I should probably mention that. Beat us with a punt return in overtime.
1: Yeah, no, that was crazy because I, I said before the game um, or the or last episode, before, I think it was Friday or Saturday, when, Friday when we recorded, uh, pay attention to the weather. If it ended up being a fair weather game, I liked L.A. to cover. If it ended up being a bad weather game, which played into the favor of Baltimore, I was on Baltimore, and that's what happened, right? We got shitty weather, so I rode with Baltimore, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, damn, Stafford and these boys can get it done, no matter turf, grass, dome, shitty weather. Cleveland Browns beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-27. I
0: already talked a little bit about Joe Flacco, how I think he's improved that offense. Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 50 times in this game, Tyler. three touchdowns, but he had three picks also. Just not yeah. a great day for Trevor Lawrence. I think one of those picks was on Ridley, but at the end of the day, it's it's on his stat line. They didn't try to run the ball at all with ETN in this game. He had, ended up with 14 carries for 35 yards. There were four turnovers in the first half. Pretty sloppy football. Shout out to Weedy. He was at the game with his dad. Shout out Weedy. Yeah, David and Joku, two touchdowns for Cleveland, just went full
1: beast mode on the Jags secondary. Dude, and Joku, he does this. He has like this game, and you're like, this guy's a stud, and he disappears for five weeks. He's like, to me, I, I was talking to CJ about this. I'm like, here we go again. And Joku has another game, and we're all going to be like, dude, this guy looks good. He's worth all that money because the Browns gave him all that money. And the dude hasn't even played like more than eight games in a season the last three years. And they just fed him, gave him like a top five tight end contract. And I was like, kind of just why, why did they do that? But then he has games like this and you're like, that's why they did it. So hopefully he can stay healthy and build some rapport chemistry with, with Flacco. And we can keep seeing this because it's going to be huge for Cleveland. If they can get him and Amari, you know, get, take some attention away from Amari. And, um, open kind of the middle of the field up for him is going to be big for that offense, especially off that run game.
0: This game could have got a lot uglier than what it was earlier. It was only 14 at half, but at that point, the Browns had 266 yards total offense. The Jags had 129 so they doubled them in great. yards in that first half, and it was still only a seven point game because the Jags defense was keeping a minute. They had opportune turnovers too. Another thing I wrote down to our is Evan Ingram had 11 catches for over 100 yards.
1: Another great day for him. Um, what fucking I had him in fantasy all fucking year, dude. And <laughs> Evan Ingram didn't catch a touchdown all year. Didn't have 100. Oh, I don't even know if he had like an 80 game, 80 yard game all year until last week. He had uh, like close to a 100-yard game, and he had his first touchdown. And then just this past Sunday, he comes out has two touchdowns. Either way, I digress. Sorry, keep going.
0: Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears. Bears pull it off at home, 28-13. Talked about them and their defense earlier. The impact of Montez Sweat. They were making life hell for Jared Goff. I said it last episode. This is, I was riding with the Bears in this game because of how good that defense is playing. And then also the elements with Jared Goff. Just a completely different dude outside of a dome. We could see that the differences, it's like the numbers are alarming. Stifling. from Being a dome and outside. Yeah. So this wasn't a good spot for him. Bears offense, I thought, was very crisp to start that game. They jumped out to a 10 0 lead. And Detroit scored 13 unanswered going into halftime. But that was it. They didn't score again the rest of the game.
1: I kind of got a little worried. I was like, oh, fuck. Here we go. We get out to a good start, and then the Lions come right back. I was like, shit, here we go. No.
0: golf finished the day 20 for 35, 161 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Got sacked four times. Wasn't a good recipe for the Detroit Lions. I want to shout out Jaquan Brisker, who Brisker. I've praised in the past on this podcast. Who, one of those players on that defense, young players, watched him at Penn State. He was a dog for them. I remember him just being all over the field every time he played Ohio State. Finished the game with 17 tackles. I want to remind everybody Jaquan Brisker is a safety and he has 17 tackles.
1: High school. Shout out to him. Manager,
0: uh, Jalen Johnson, another interception for him. He's been balling all season. we are starting to get worried about Detroit, I think, because if they're not playing at home, yeah, the, they're going to be a different team because their quarterback's a different quarterback when they're not at home, when they're not in a dome. So
1: I was about to ask, is it is it time to hit the panic button for Detroit? I mean, they're definitely getting into the playoffs. It, it's just a matter of, like Pat just said, if they can't get, um a home game or if they're not playing in a dome and they have to play outdoors you can't trust jared goff you just can't hopefully though you know this is a little rough stretch for detroit and then you know right around week 16 17 they get a good win followed with another good win and then and then they get rolling right into the playoffs and then they beat philly beat san francisco and then lose to dallas and then (laughs) super bowl here we come. Oh, we're going to the
0: ball. I don't see with this defense right now. Their defense is shit.
1: They not need Gardner back. Johnson
0: back right now. They need Gardner <laughs> Johnson or they're fucked. Soon, right? And then they're not getting any, they're not generating any pass rush. It's just it's either Aiden Hutchinson or it's it's nothing. Earlier on in the season, we were seeing this D line really make some strides, getting pressure on the quarterback, and it wasn't just mm-hmm. Hutchinson. Now, if teams double Hutchinson, they know they're good. Like, all we got to do is take care of this dude, and we don't have to worry about him. Justin Fields ate him up running the ball first time they played, and he did it again. Uh, They just couldn't contain Fields back there. I think Justin Fields is steadily improving as a quarterback in this league. I just don't think it's happening fast enough for them to not take advantage of that using that first overall pick on a quarterback. Yeah. So I think both can be true. Justin Fields can be getting better, and they can still be moving off of him. I think both can be true. I think, once again, I think Atlanta is a good spot for him. Moving on, though, let's talk about NFC South matchup. New Orleans Saints, 28, Carolina Panthers, 6. I don't have really anything for this game, Ty. I don't – I, I uh, remember this is the game I passed. The last episode I said yes. pass, and I'm doing the same thing right now. There's – Derek Carr gets in a fight with his center in this game. The Saints just look like a mess. Like I can't see the Saints – when you asked me that question earlier, I just can't see this team getting into the playoffs. Like I would rather see yeah. the Bucs at this point. I'd rather see the Bucs, and I, I think I'd rather see the Falcons, even though thousand, I think they should start Heineke – I think they should start Heineke over Ritter, but I would much rather watch that team than the Saints team right now. It's just a yeah. mess. It's not fun. I know they won the game 28 to 6, but Carolina's garbage and it's yeah. is what it is at this point.
1: No, and that's um, you know, when it comes to that the the Saints Panthers game, like I feel so bad for Bryce Young, dude. I really do. You just watch the whole entire offensive scheme they have going on. I mean, other than Miles Sanders breaking off, finally he broke like a run of more than twenty yards this year. He broke off a big run, um, and I still don't even. I think they settled for three. He got down to the two yard line. They settled for three. Like that's that's the definition of a bad offense. And he just he doesn't have any time to throw the ball. His receivers can't catch the motherfucking ball. He he hit a guy on fourth down. The dude just slipped. Slip tried catching the ball on his back and dropped it, and it's like it still (laughs) hit him in the hands Exactly just bad news bears in carolina, dude. They need so much help so much help and it sucks because Bryce is gonna get that tag of like, oh, he's a bust cj stroud was the guy they should have taken like yeah Maybe maybe you know as of right now, it definitely looks that way, but I think bryce Young's gonna take a lot of shit, and it's really not on him Yeah, some accountability like He can be better for sure but he has no potential. The, He's not working not himself. Yes, exactly. That offense has no potential. Um, so, Their so offensive
0: line—it's—it's it's a shout out to him for still being in the game Alive. at this point in the season. Yeah, still being Alive. out there, being able to play out there with that mm-hmm. offensive line.
1: I don't know who they're going to get head coach wise, but they need help bad. Hope maybe it could be the guy in your shirt. For some reason, that's like the most speculation I've heard about their head coach position is Billy Bell. But either way, I don't want to talk too much about the Panthers, but, yeah, I just feel bad for Bryce. Uh, The Saints are almost just at this point almost dysfunctional. Uh, If it comes down to the Saints needing to make a kick, you know Groupie's not going to kick it or make (laughs) it. He'll he'll put the foot on the ball, but it won't go in between the yellow bars. Yeah. Let's move on to
0: another game. I don't Good want to guy. talk too much about, and that we took on the chin, and that was the Houston Texans, New York Jets. Jets win thirty to six. Tyra, the score was zero to zero in this game at halftime. Jets open up the second half. Zach Wilson throws a touchdown to Randall Cobb, but that Texans offense in the first half. Let me bring this up. Thirty-one plays for fifty-nine yards doesn't make any fucking sense. C.J. Stroud, negative 10 passing yards at halftime. Negative 10. Come on. (laughs) Come on. I mean, we knew it was going to be tough. Tough defense to go against for a rookie quarterback, so we knew that Stroud was going to be dealing with that. But for it to look like that, never would have dreamed that that was going to be what happened in that game. All of our 1 o'clock parlays were shot because of this game. Yeah. And then once the Texans went down 9, I bet them money line. And this game just fucked me, dude. This game put me in the worst uh, mood, the absolute worst yeah. mood. Luckily, I went perfect 4 o'clock slate, but this game just ruined my mood for the 1 o'clock slate. Their offense does not look the same without Tank Dell right now, and then Nico gets hurt in that game too. I like, I'm not. I'm not going to overreact though, because it's the it's the Jets and CJ's been so good, so good all year. Like he's allowed to have one of these games. Like it's okay. I'm not going to panic. They'll get it. They'll get it going in Houston. It's a shame that they lost to the Jets because going into this week, it's like, damn, if we win and then the Browns beat the Jags, they weren't tied with the Jags for a division lead, but they couldn't take advantage of that. Now, the Jags couldn't take advantage of Houston's loss either. But
1: go ahead. Just the the most frustrating game of the fucking week was that one right there. It just didn't, like, I don't want to take anything away from the Jets' defense or Zach Wilson, but, I mean, come on. You go into this one you're like, yeah. If you told me the Jets were going to put up 30 in the second half with Zach Wilson, I would have told you to kick rocks. You know what I mean? Choke on something. So, I don't know. Like Pat said, it fucked. A lot of parlays up for us I just I didn't get it like the I know how good the jets defense is they're they're really good they are really good defense, but negative ten pass yards like you they they came out and played the best game of the year and Houston came out and played their worst game of the year. that's just what happened so finished you know, ten
0: for twenty five ninety one yards when he got hurt and had to leave the game,
1: yeah. Which, you know, they, they came away with a couple, obviously, unfortunate big injuries. One, I probably caught a concussion. Um, and then, obviously, like, Passa Nico got hurt. So, not not trending in a good direction uh, health-wise for the Texans. But, um, yeah, that was a tough one to watch. 0-0 at half. And then the Jets put up 30 in the second half. Like, uh, makes me...
0: Before we move on, I just want to mention Zach Wilson, 27 for 36. Two touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, do it again.
1: (laughs) Fucking do it again.
0: (laughs) Moving on to another game that was pretty unwatchable, and that's the 4 o'clock slate, the Minnesota Vikings, Las Vegas.
1: Raiders.
0: Raiders. Vikings win it 3 to nothing very late field goal in this game. Josh Dobbs gets benched for Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins yeah. is now the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings going forward after a couple mm-hmm. of really rough games from Dobbs, like
1: that. Just like that. Oh, did you pick take the Vikings at minus three? I took a money line. You oh, you took a money line? Yeah, I took him at minus three, so it pushed, but yeah, the whole time I was just like. Uh, yeah, th- this literally can't get any worse. The game could not have been worse. It was that bad. And then you bring in Mully. Um hey, hey, he he went down and got him three, though. So shout out to Nick Mullins. Way to, way to avoid that bet, brother. Um, good luck moving forward. Next.
0: Seattle Seahawks lose to the San Francisco 49ers once again. to A couple things I want to talk about. Brock Purdy continues to look like a stud out there making every throw. He can make every throw on the field, it seems like, at this point. Like, system quarterback, my ass. Game manager, my ass. Watch the 49ers play football, okay, And before you start saying that shit because he's making some throws out there. He's throwing guys open. Big throw he had to Debo where he just toasted – Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams looks pretty bad trying to yeah. guard anybody now. Nowadays, yeah. he looks like he should just be playing. He should. He looks like he should just beef up fifteen pounds and move to linebacker. I think that's his best bet because yeah. he's awful. It's a good awful call, actually. coverage safety. Yeah. Really bad. But anyways, Brock Purdy finishes with three hundred and sixty-eight yards passing, tower two touchdowns, nineteen for twenty-seven. C-Mac had 145 yards rushing right off the bat. First carry broke that long one, and you felt like, oh, it's going to be a long day. But Seattle hung with them for a little bit. They did. Hung with them for – so credit to them. I mean, going in that game with Drew Locke too, like Drew Locke had a really good throw uh, to DK in that game where they went down and matched early with a touchdown. DK had a great adjustment, and then Drew Locke threw a really nice ball in there. So credit to them for sticking in it. But Debo finishes with 150 yards. Ayuk has 126 yards. Kittle has 76 yards. And like I said, what McCaffrey did on the ground, Niners are tough. I feel really good about our 49ers-Ravens Super Bowl bet right now. This is probably the best I've felt all year. And the only regret I have is not putting it in week one. So that's where I'm at on that. One other thing I want to talk about – DK Metcalf gets ejected. Dude, it's so easy for these guys to get in DK's head. Like, it's laughable Mm -hmm. at this point. How, like, not composed he is out there as a professional athlete. Like, he, I now I know why he has the binky. I know why he has the binky mouthpiece because he's, he's a fucking child. How many times have we seen this dude lose his composure out there? We've seen him make his own quarterback. Look bad by you know tossing up his hands or talking shit to his quarterback when he doesn't find him he doesn't see him he makes a bad throw. I we we've said enough about DK Metcalf, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I mean Fred Fred Warner literally you know gave him a little shove from behind after that's all it took. That's all it took. It was like a baby shove too while he was like sort of trying to get up. It's like a big brother like stay down type deal but yeah yeah he he's just a he needs to learn composure um but bet wise that line was all over the place um i I took one niners minus 11 i took one niners minus 13 that's the one that didn't hit And then once it went up to like 14, 14 and a half, I threw one in on the Seahawks at that point. So two out of three there. But I wanted to bring up Debo. Like, I I know Debo gets some credit, but I don't know if the dude gets enough credit. Like when Debo has the ball in his hands, dude, I don't, there's not many people like him in the league. Just at his size, his speed, the ability to just not go down. Just how explosive he is with the ball in his hands. It's just, you know, Such a huge compliment to that offense and I think you kind of saw that earlier in the year when him and Trent Williams both went out And then that Niners offense really struggled for the you know, that three-game stretch Collection of things obviously not just Debo and, and Trent, but that's how big those guys are to that team That's how important they are. That's how good they are um so Shout out to Debo. The dude is a beast. He deserves more credit Denver Broncos Defeat
0: the Los Angeles Chargers 24-7. Game that we didn't understand last week why Denver was the underdogs, and we just hammered Denver. So we saw this coming from a mile away. Like I said, didn't make much sense. The line, Los Angeles, was minus 2.5. Like you said last week, Chargers continue to find ways to lose (laughs) games. They just... Do it every week, week in, week out. Week. They barely escaped New England last week, but now Justin every Herbert's week. out for the year. Their offense looked pretty bad with Herbert, so it's going to be interesting to see. It, things could get real, real messy out there in L.A. for the Chargers.
1: Yeah. I wanted to ask you something. At what point, and I know we we talk about how dysfunctional, you know, that – that team can be um, the the culture there shot. Staley has got to go. But at what point do you, do, does Herbert start to shoulder some of these issues? Like I, I, I love – I think he's a great talent and he's a great quarterback. But like at what point do we start to kind of be like, all right, Herbert, you got to figure this shit out, man. You, you and your coaches, of course. But like Callum Moore is no schmuck he's a good coordinator. They should they should be doing they're one of the most underperformed offenses in the league, I think it's safe to say. Um but I know he had a thing going with Keenan Allen for most of the year. Uh um,
0: That's all I have at this point. Aqua looks right. washed
1: up. Yeah, so it's just like I don't know. And I don't I don't want to I don't want to put any blame on Herbert, but at the same time it's like he's got to start shouldering some accountability at some point um, because we keep blaming everybody else on the chargers, but him. And, but you know, that not that the blame would be fair to put it all on him, but I don't know. I think he's, he's got to, he's, when he comes back next year, he needs to be better along with Kellen Moore, along with Eckler. Um. Whoever the head coach is, they got to figure it out because they have way too much talent to be this bad.
0: Right. Let's move on to what seemed to be was going to be the game of the week. That is the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. Still ended up being a great game right down the wire. 20-17. Mm-hmm. to 17, Buffalo got out to 17-7 lead in that third quarter. And I honestly thought they were just going to run, run away with it at that point because like, the Chiefs weren't getting it done against the Bills' defense that had been struggling. So I kind of given the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt these last, I'd say, month, month and a half, I've just kept telling myself, like, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Andy Reid. They're going to figure it out. They're going to get better as an offense. Like, the receivers will get better. Well, the receivers continue to suck. Lose games for yeah, they just suck. They're bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they continue to make mistakes. They continue to drop the ball. Not getting open. It's just Kelsey and Rice, and that's it. Like Pacheco didn't play in this game. So could yeah. could this could this game have been different if Pacheco was out there? Probably, mm-hmm. probably would have because I think he is like he's that like spark for that offense right now because there's just not much going on in the passing game. I think Pacheco has to be in the lineup for the Chiefs to be a dominant offense. I think without him, you're not seeing much. Edwards Hilaire does not look like that guy anymore. He had that flash in the pan year when he was a rookie, but since then we haven't seen much from him. He just doesn't look like the same guy that we saw his first year into LSU. And then obviously, Josh Allen made some incredible plays in this game. Put the team on his back again. Early in that game, they got James Cook going, had that touchdown pass to him, looked really good, finished off the day with 10 carries for 58 yards, and then he was also their leading receiver, five catches for 83 yards and that touchdown. So we've been preaching it all year, like get this guy involved, get James Cook involved in the run game, in the receiving game, Dude's a weapon, and he can really help out your offense. And We saw that, but I don't know what's going on with Diggs. He's kind of gotten locked up these last couple weeks coming off the field.
1: Worst game I've seen from Diggs. I'm not sure what
0: happened. I'm not sure uh, what's going on with him. But either way, Buffalo wins the game, pulls it off. I already talked about that call. It is what it is. He was offsides. Great play by Travis Kelsey. Like the awareness we've seen him do it in the past where he's caught yeah. it, ran down, and then uh threw it backwards or pitched it. We've seen, you know, like his create creative ability in that sense. And he, he's got a fucking cannon. We saw that he put it right on Tony. It was, okay. a, it was a great play, and it sucks. Really sucks that that gets wiped out because of an offsides, and then also we don't get a chance for the bills to come down in that moment and match them it's it's a rough way for a game to end but is what it is chiefs now they're only one game ahead of denver this chiefs defense is still really good so i'm still confident you know about the chiefs potentially making a run because of that defense and because of mahomes but I feel like, like I said, if they don't get Pacheco involved, like going, like if Pacheco doesn't go off, I don't see this offense having like they don't I don't see like their potential being up here anymore unless they get that uh production from Pacheco. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, we sometimes we say like there's only so much that you know any one player can do. It, we're at that point with Mahomes now. Like there's only so much the best quarterback in the league can do and it like this dude can put it in receivers bread baskets and they're still going to drop it that's like that's just been the year for them and i don't know maybe magically they have a couple guys step up down the stretch but it's not looking promising for them at all on, on the offensive side of the ball um especially like you said if they don't have pacheco involved so but that play that offsides. Um, on Tony wasn't that like first or second down S- Second So they still had three plays was, We're talking a five yard penalty. They still had three plays to get yards. They didn't get the first down It's not. It's not like they you know It's not like they were marching and then had like a goal line stuff or whatever like they had three plays to get the 15 Yards give or take whatever it was and they didn't get a yard They just had incomplete 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 And then you want to go and bitch about it. So that's that's my only take on. That's the thing,
0: dude. Mahomes was mentally defeated after that play. Yeah, like he. I feel like he was just checked out. Like there was no, there was no chance of the Chiefs doing anything after that. It was just like, oh, okay, well now the game's over. Right. He was so upset over that, like couldn't couldn't keep his composure that it affected him the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, they when he was walking to the sideline during a timeout, um, the commentators like read his lips and he said something along the lines of like, "How do you, how do you call that?" or something like that. He he was just bitching about the call on his way to the huddle instead of being focused. Like, okay, what you know, what do we need to do to get this motherfucking first down to win this game? He was too focused on the call. But um, I also wanted to touch on. James cook, he had, you said the 10 carries and the five catches. So he had 15 total touches But it's like and and that's fine. Like if you're gonna give him the touches through the air, which is probably at this point his strong suit is his receiving ability Uh, Aside from that like I don't think 10 carries is enough for the kid You know, you look at that that Jaguars game and they gave they gave ETN 14 carries and he was averaging just over two yards of carry. James Cook had 10 for 50 something. So he's averaging over five yards of carry. You're telling me you don't want to get him the ball, just give it to him a little more. So I don't I don't know what the what the internal thought process is behind you know giving the ball to James Cook more than 10 to 15 times, but um I don't know. I, I guess it's just something that we'll we'll just have to never figure out
0: we're just gonna to keep go. talking about it and hope it changes yeah
1: we're, just, yeah we're just gonna keep talking about it hope it changes and it might not ever change um uh, but the chiefs are at a low right so for betting purposes Chiefs are at a low and the bills are like up there like books are gonna have them probably at their lowest unless they lose again this next week Super Bowl but bet right now <laughs> you could. You could, if you, like, I'm telling you, they lost three out of their last four. They're bitching about a call. People are out on the Chiefs right now. They're out on them. I'm not. When they were down 17-3, when they were down 14 points to the Bills, I didn't didn't feel worried about my bet, because I was like, Patrick Mahomes is just going to do Mahomes things, and he's going to bring them back. And they did. They came back. They tied it up. They had a chance to go up, um, because he's just that guy Mahomes, is that dude but um yeah we're gonna get him at a low so um hell of a game it sucks that it came down to the call because you hate to see that you hate to see a great game come down to a, a silly penalty but that's literally what it was a silly penalty by a silly player fucking yeah the, the joke was like is tony gonna be in a chief's uniform next week Dude, saw. Speaking of Tony, in that they can't afford to get rid of him. I, I know, I know. I saw a post. They, they, they went back and they showed four or five different plays in the game where Tony was lined up offsides. So he was doing it all game, but they finally threw the flag on the last one. And it's not like, you know, it's nothing against the refs. It's just terrible timing, bad time to throw the flag. Yeah. (laughs) So it it is. Where's Mikel
0: Hardman? Where's Miko Hardman?
1: Dude, they traded to get him, bring him back after letting him walk, and he's just nowhere to be found.
0: Let's move on to your Dallas Cowboys dominating Sunday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles, 33-13. Talked a ton about the Cowboys last week with questions with a fan, with Coach Shrewsdale, who's a blast. And they put it on Philly. I don't know if it's a product of – I know – the Eagles are just going through it with their schedule right now and coming off that loss against the Niners. And now you gotta play, you're going from one very physical team to another very physical team on the road in a place where now they've won 15 games in a row. I do think the defense is bad. Defense is not good right now, Tyre. And no the, the offense is so inconsistent as well. Like sputtered. They get they they get off of the run game so quickly, and it's a lot yeah. of hero ball out there with Jalen Hurts. A lot of hero ball. I don't like it. Shane Steichen is gaining more and more respect, I feel like, as the season's going on with what he's done in Indy and now what you're seeing in Philly without him being there because I feel like he yeah. was great for Jalen Hurts, and right now it's just a little loose in Philadelphia with the offense – And their defense can't stop anybody. So,
1: go Go ahead, ahead. talk about the Cowboys. I think the um, I think the thing that really shot the Eagles in the foot, which is something that you know shoots any team in the foot, is um, you know they just they fumbled the ball, they turned it over too much, and it was typically on solid plays. Like it was uh, the Jalen Hurts fumble. It was a quarterback draw where he picked up like eight to ten yards, and then it just got punched out at the end. You know, while they were driving, turnover leads to Dallas points. Um, Another one to A.J. Brown. It was, uh, I want to say, a solid catch. Nothing crazy, but then Gilmore strips it out. Turns into Cowboys points. Devontae Smith catches one, goes down the field on a pretty big play. Gets stripped. They punch it out. No points for the Eagles there. I can't remember if that one left points, but it was like all just – Uh, like you gotta hang on to the ball and to, to another thing I've talked about a lot off air is the amount of like punch outs that we've seen this year. I would love to see the statistic because I feel like this year, more than any other year, we've seen so many fumbles and most of them are from defenders. Just fucking last minute, just trying to punch it out. And they do, they punch it right out. But aside from the eels, clearly just needing to clean up and stop turning the ball over. Um, Their defense is not playing up to the standard that we know that they can. Um, And maybe it's, uh, you know, a little bit of what she mentioned. It's just that brutal stretch is finally coming to an end because their next four games, I think they have the Giants twice. Yep. the the Cardinals and then another bad
0: Seahawks they play Seahawks Monday night this week oh
1: okay yeah Seahawks they're not bad they're not bad the Seahawks I think they can put up a fight it's actually going to be interesting Uh, I think the line on that was like three and a half so kind kind of interesting but um as far as Dallas goes huge bounce back game for my boy Deron Bland because he you know he after he a couple weeks ago he had the The record-setting pick six, he got picked on a little bit in that Seattle game. Um, He gave up a few big plays, and then people were starting to talk about him. Same way they talked about Diggs the years prior, right? All the picks, but, oh, he gives up all these yards, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then he came back, and I think Brett, some crazy, crazy good statistics. I think he allowed, like, I think it was only a couple catches for a total of, like, eight yards that he allowed on the game against those Eagles receivers is very impressive. Uh, Gilmore stepped up and showed some fire. Like Gilmore is typically a guy that is, I don't want to say quiet, but like he doesn't show he got an A.J. Brown's injury. head. He got an A.J. Brown's head. So, um, and that's the first time I've seen that from Gilmore um, as a cowboy. So that was that was fun to watch. Um, well, A.J. called him old, so. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Well, I don't know. These boys are just, you know, they're, they're coming out. They play. They, they really wanted that one though. After, after taking the, the L in the close game earlier in the year, they really wanted to come out and get that win. Um, and we talked about it last week. It's a, it's a real home field advantage for Dallas now in, in AT&T stadium. I think that's 15 or 16 in a row for them. So, um, and then technically they're in the lead for the division. Uh, I hope they went out, um, but it's not likely. They have a tough stretch. I know they got Buffalo and then Miami. Like I said, Eagles got an easy stretch. Cowboys got it. Got a tough stretch. Um, they played one of their, their more complete games. How about Brandon Aubrey? Oh, 30 for 30. 30 for 30. The dude comes in, first two kicks of the game, 60 yards, 59 yards. and I think that was the first time in NFL history that's happened. So – can't can't give enough credit to, to that kid. Uh just um you know w- and when the cowboys sign him, nobody knows who this guy is. No expectations. And he come out, and, he comes out and does this. It's just a weapon. When you can, you know, only get to the other team's 40 and then just feel comfortable and being like, Brandon, come on. And then just put like guaranteed three points, it's just a weapon. It's you can you can really you can be more aggressive you don't have to be so conservative. You can be more aggressive. And if you don't get that big play, it's like, all right, well, we'll settle for the three. But I, I think it just allows their offense to be more aggressive, which is huge for, uh, for those playmakers. And also one more thing. Love that catch by Michael Gallup, that dive and catch on the sideline. I think it was the third or fourth quarter. Fucking sweet. I wish Michael Gallup could just be more involved. I don't know why I know. he just disappears at times. I, he makes some really, really tough catches and a lot of miles to
0: feed. Jake yeah, Ferguson, Fergie, that's my boy. But yeah, good D- win Dallas. Dak Prescott continues to look great. He's playing great, great quarterback for the Cowboys. Here we right go. Now. <laughs> I do want to mention though, if both teams end up winning out, the Eagles would still win the division. So the Eagles have the advantage right now. Maybe they trip up against mm-hmm. Seattle this week, um, and the Cowboys yeah. win in Buffalo. So
1: see what happens. We need, but we need them to drop one of Devito. You think? I, I don't think, but we need it. I hope. <laughs> Tommy, we need we need Tommy. There's one time I'm going to root for you all year. It's going to be one do of it. these next two games against the Eagles. I mean, so. if he likes the
0: it, the way the Eagles secondary is looking right now, he might be honest. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to just go over both these games at once, the two Monday night games, Packers-Giants-Titans-Dolphins last night. Um, I was doing some things last night. I was kind of in and out watching these two games, so I don't have too much to say because, honestly, I didn't see it being a good night of football um, Mm -hmm. watching these two teams. if. If you would have told me that the Giants and the Titans would have won, if I would have woke up today and just found it out, I'd have been like, "No, what?"
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: the Packers have been rolling. They go in, they play the Giants, who are the Giants. And Devito leads them down at the end of the end of the game after Jordan Love had a nice touchdown drive, a really nice touchdown pass. Um, yeah, you thought was going to win the game, and then the Giants go down. Answer. Packers defense just gave it up, too, just like that. Packers defense continues to not be able to stop the run. Like DeVito ran all over, and Barkley had a nice game, ended up with two touchdowns. Real shocker for me, seeing the Packers lose that game when they had all those momentum rolling into that game. And we're talking playoffs. For them to trip up in that game was pretty crazy. And then Miami, I know it was pretty deflating when Tyreek gets hurt in that game. Ended up just being an ankle injury, so we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, he can get going because I need him in fantasy. But it just felt like a deflating moment for that team when Tyreek did get hurt. But at the same time, you never felt like the Dolphins were going to lose that game, and they did. They played with their food for too long. Titans hung around. Mm -hmm. Mayo God, Will Levis, gets it done. D Hop had a nice game, had a nice little – Um, splash play in the end of the game to set them up.
1: There were some sloppy
0: turnovers, but Tennessee pulls it out in the end. Randy Bullock gets a game-winning field goal. And the Dolphins are now behind the Ravens for the one seed. So Chiefs lose. Jags lose. Chiefs can't take advantage and get up there with Baltimore. So now Baltimore is all by themselves for that one seed. Like I said, Super Bowl bet. Ravens 49ers looking pretty juicy this week, but anything you want to touch on from these two guys?
1: No, I was, I was doing the same shit. I, I got home, um, a little after they, they stopped or they started, excuse me. Um, and it was funny cause both games, when I, when I flipped them on both games, um, had the w- one team, like they both had the ball inside the, like inside the 10 yard line, starting their drive. I was like, ah, interesting. And then, the Packers went down, scored, um, or, or tied it up. I think the Giants might have scored first. It was like 7-7. And um, and then Miami went down and scored 7 nothing I was like, all right, Miami's going to win this like 31-13. Next thing you know, they're up, what was it, 27-13 they were up? And then they blew it? Yeah. They, I think it, it was under three minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, first like,
0: time in like 40 years where a team was down – two possessions with three minutes or two touchdowns with three minutes left came back in one.
1: Yeah. It's just that's that's wild. So, um yeah, I don't know. Miami's going to come back from that one, to be honest. That's a demoralizing loss to a bad team. I'm, I don't want to say the Titans are a bad team. They're not a good team. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. So, um yeah, that's just a bad loss for them. and Um, and it's fun. You know, it's a bad loss for the Packers too. Right. They're making me look bad pick them to Sneak into the playoffs and then they come out and they lose to the Giants. It's like, come on so It's funny because matt was talking to me and he was like he was like, yeah, what are the odds both the The Steelers and the texans lose this week I was like well the Steelers are playing the patriots who are arguably the worst team other than the panthers in the league right now I go. So that's about 30 percent I'd say there's a 30% chance the Steelers lose, or one of those teams, Texans, because they're Texans were playing the Jets. I'm like 30% chance one of those teams lose, 10%, maybe even less than 10% that both of them lose. And they both fucking lost. Now you group that in with the Dolphins and the Packers. Dude, imagine if someone put a parlay together: Patriots, Jets, Giants, Titans. Dude.
0: I was even thinking about it yesterday because I, I didn't end up betting, but I was like, eh, should I just put a little something on, you know, Packers you or excuse me, Giants, Titans, money line? Cause Titans were 13 point dogs. But I was just like, no, yeah. I'm done throwing, I'm done throwing away my money. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I should have done out.
1: it. Yeah, no, it worked done out done for you it. that one that one clippers when the Clippers bet when they were playing the Warriors. They were down yeah. 20 points. You you threw it in on them and, and it worked out. Like that shit happens. It's just crazy. I would have loved to have seen the odds on that parlay if they took money line those four teams. It was probably like a hundred bucks to win 10K. Yeah. <laughs> like would have been crazy. But um I was doing the same thing as you, though. I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to the games. I was just doing other shit around the house. So um yeah. I I didn't watch much of them. I didn't expect much out of them. Uh, and I thought those bets that I had were safe, they were not, they were not safe, they were losers. So, better luck next week, though, for sure.
0: For sure. Well, that is it for our week 14 recap. We want to thank y'all for listening to the new score podcast. This is episode 16, Tyler. We will be back later this week, we'll get into a week 15 preview. Um, and some other segments for you. So once again, if you are on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get at us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on later in the week. Goodbye. Peace. City, I'm a new score. Broke your high score. Soon as step through the door, try to stack my paper up like a bookstore. Money kissing knees tell the lock like of rock and roll tour. When I come to your city, I'm a new score. Broke your high score. Soon as step through the door, try to stack my paper up like a bookstore.